Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny, back and better than ever with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My friend Marcus Spears will be live in just a moment on the Shell Penzoil performance line. Talk about last night's unexpected Monday night doubleheader. Obviously, terrible were the reasons why we had two games last night, but nice to have two football games and two baseball games yesterday. Such a busy time in the world of sports. NBA Finals continue tonight. So we'll talk about that as we continue in this hour as well. I'll give you a couple of stats, too, that I think are really interesting. Something you may have noticed that's been going on in the NFL so far. But let me start first things first with the one, the only big swagoo, Marcus Spears, is with me on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. And Swagoo, I opened the show this morning by saying in a weird sort of a way, I feel like Bill Belichick came out a winner last night. That was a spot in which you would expect that team to get killed. They spent all of last week practicing as though Cam Newton was going to be their quarterback, and then they lose him. They wind up having a travel day of game, waking up Monday morning not even knowing if they're going to play. And there they are, going to halftime, and they've held Patrick Mahomes to six points. I feel like all things considered... And I know there were no moral victories. Bill Belichick may have walked away from that night feeling pretty good about himself and his team. What do you think? Gee, he absolutely should. Um, But if anybody in the league could handle the moment and the things that they had to go through in order to get to a game, we would assume that that would be Bill Belichick. Not to take any credit away from other coaches in the league, but we understand that this man won. 11 games without Tom Brady. He went to the playoffs when Tom Brady tore his ACL. Um, He's the master organizer, master planner. I played for two coaches in his his coaching tree. Um, Well, the coaching tree he comes from, but um, Nick Saban and Bill Parcells. And, you know, they are big on not letting outside factors get in the way of what actually needs to happen on the field. And and you're 100% correct. They walked away from that game. Now, now, gee, if I told you this, at halftime we'll have the Kansas City Chiefs with only six points, and we will only give up 19 the entire game um, had it not been for a pick six that went through uh, Edelman's hands. You say with Cam Newton and the way we've been playing offense, we'll win that game. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, we dropped two interceptions, not contested interceptions. We dropped two. Um, we had a bogus fumble interception called a whistleblown dead, which was huge in that game. Um, and then we had a bogus personal foul call on Dietrich Wise. Um, and we lost 26 to 10 with Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham, and we made a quarterback change after halftime. Now, if I said that Cam Newton would at least three times in the red zone be responsible for 13 points, would I be out of my mind? Mm -hmm. If I said we would cause a fumble that would resort into an interception, and whether we got in defensively or we gave Cam Newton a short field, at minimum, we coming away with three, but more than likely, we score. Um, would you call me crazy? No, of course not. All right. Well, there we go. Like yeah. you, everybody watched that game. Patrick Mahomes struggled. That's the reality. Um, he made a great throw to um, Travis Kelsey on a blitz, but Bill Belichick and his genius, and I talked about it this week. 
last week as well, showed up, and, gee, for the life of me, I can't understand why other people won't do that. Because let's remember, Bill Belichick is not playing with the best personnel defensively. They have other teams with better personnel that will go along this season and watch that tape and watch how well Bill Belichick did, watch how well the Chargers did, and they'll be stubborn like Wink Martindale, and they'll try to blitz this football team, and they'll get rolled out of the stadium. Exactly and that's right. the unfortunate part. Two of the last three weeks, defenses have given Mahomes and that offense a tough time. I mean, last night they gave him a tough time. The Chargers gave him a tough time. Sandwiched in between was that Monday night game that everybody in America watched, and Mahomes went nuts against the Blitz. You said it exactly right. They blitzed him 21 times. They hit him zero. He wound up 17 of 21 for three touchdowns on those plays. So, so maybe we could look at it this way, Marcus. Uh, in week one against Houston, the Chiefs offense looked good. It didn't look spectacular. You know, yeah. I think a lot of us are, are – are, this read that we have that the Chiefs are the best team and that their offense is unstoppable, which I think we think it will eventually get to be, is really based mm-hmm. on one performance against Baltimore in the middle of the season. Absolutely, G. Um, and the whole perception changed, and obviously we know they're good. But that's what I was saying earlier when, when the season started. Man, to go undefeated in this league, um, the Chiefs were – possibly a bogus call away, a a few bogus calls away, and two dropped interceptions away from losing the game to the New New England Patriots with six of their – six guys out, uh, six of those defensive starters. I think um, Marcus Cannon not playing on the offensive line and Brian Hoyer uh, playing, and they they very well could have lost that game. Absolutely. And – I think a lot of people take it for granted. This league, I tell you, you and I have had talks. This, this is, it's hard to win in this league, man. I know we get caught up in how good teams are and how good they look from week to week. And you know me, I'm always saying, gee, let's be careful before we deem them great. Look who they've been playing, which, which leads me to when you do what you do, when you do what Seattle was able to do against Bill Belichick and throw five touchdowns, that's impressive to me. Because the Bill Belichick I know is the one that showed up last night against the Kansas City Chiefs, who is not going to allow you to exploit. Now, your players making plays and beating their guys one-on-one, that may happen. But it's difficult to win in this league, man. And there was a, there's really a sample size, or at least the beginning of some sort of blueprint where you can at least give yourself a chance to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. This started this started in the Super Bowl last year. They went three quarters and looked abysmal offensively. Mm-hmm. And then we saw it against the Chargers, and then we saw it last night against New England. And I'm not trying to pile on um, Kansas City because what championship teams do is they figure out a way to win. But don't I, I just don't be crazy and think you gonna be the team that's gonna be able to blitz them and force them into doing what you want them to do. You have to accept that they are going to make some plays and be great in situational football, like Bill Belichick has always been. When you get to the red area, the, the field is condensed, so you got a better chance of covering everything in a shorter amount of time for Patrick Mahomes to get out and gut you with a big run if he wants to do that. They just played smart. 
Gee, it was nothing exotic last night about what Bill Parcells did. It was no it was no new form of defense. It was a three man rush at times where you play um eight in coverage. It was a four man rush at times where you put seven in coverage, you take away quick throws and outlets, and you let them do check downs, and you make them go the long, hard way. And at times you mix in a five-man pressure where you want to get to them and speed them up because you have to have that element. But what Belichick did last night gave you a sort, a sort of blueprint, and also what Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy proved is when we get our opportunity, if you don't get us, we are going to eventually get you. And I think if they would have had Cam Newton last night, New England would have got Kansas City before Kansas City got them. I totally agree. Greeny and Swagoo with you here. And they also got they got the big play that they wanted to get on the defensive side of the ball, and it gets blown dead yeah. because they had, they had blown the whistle. Greeny, uh, Swagoo with you. All right, let me go to a couple other things. I read a stat earlier. Field Yates posted it. The Green Bay Packers are the first team in history to play the first ever to play the first four games of the season, score at least 30 points in all of them, and not turn the ball over. Aaron Rodgers is literally playing the best he has ever played. How do you explain that? What Aaron said is true. Him and Matt LaFleur are on the same page. Um, He also has talked about being in a better place mentally. So I think that has a lot to do with it, uh, with with Aaron Rodgers uh, speaking on himself personally. Um. And then I think, gee, I mean, let's be honest, okay? Here's here's when people get sideways with Swaggle, and you know it. Who have they played, gee? Like, I I get it, and I respect and love what Aaron Rodgers is doing and what he's had the ability to do. But defensively, they played the, the Vikings, the Lions, the Falcons, and the Saints. We watched the Raiders gut the Saints. We watched the Falcons get gutted by everybody they played. We watched the Lions get gutted, and we know the Vikings giving up anything you want to give up offense uh, as far as their defense goes. Now, that's not to take anything away because Aaron Rodgers has played great against any type of opponent, but I want to see the rest of this team do it. And, yes, they were 13-3 and last year, and they had a lot of success, so I think the success continues. But it's a real test coming up um, – against the Bucks in their next one. That's a real test. And I think Aaron Rodgers will have success, but they're going to have to go win that game against a team that's formidable and an offense on the other side that's going to give you problems as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing Aaron Rodgers against the Bucks because I have a lot of confidence in that defense. I think the Buccaneers are, are the upper echelon of defenses in the NFL, and I want to see if he can have his way especially if he's missing some guys. We know he'll be missing Lazar, but um, Devontae will more than likely be back. I want to see if um, Todd Bowles allows Tanya to catch three touchdowns. I want to see all of that stuff against good on good. How many times do I talk to you, G, about good on good? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that is awesome that they play in that way, and you can see it clicking, and you can understand – how well they're playing, and we see it in real time. But now we get into a point in the season where we got to have the separation of the teams that are upper echelon and elite as opposed to the ones that's just a benefit of their schedule. I believe the Packers will continue to have success. Don't, don't get me wrong. 
But I want to now when the, when you get the Bucks, there's some adversity that's going to kick in. There's some plays that might go wrong. There's some some moments in that game where the talent comes to the forefront where we always talk about not drafting the receiver and having those guys. When a defense takes away Aaron Jones and makes you beat him another way, and Aaron has experienced all of that, but I just can't wait to see it against the Bucks. That's who they play a week from Sunday. Yeah, Green Bay goes into a bye now. Then a week from Sunday, they yep. play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Marcus Spears with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. One more for you. Um, I spent a lot of time last week talking about Odell Beckham and how he had seemed to have become sort of the forgotten man or a lost, um, I mean, mm-hmm. extraordinary weapon in Cleveland. And this week they found him. What do you do? You yeah. believe that's the beginning of big things happening now for him and them together in Cleveland? Well, Odell Beckham Jr. being questioned about if he's an elite receiver or if he was still the same guy was asinine. He was injured. That's number one. He was playing for an incompetent coach um, before Stefanski got in, who didn't know how to get him the ball and distribution. He was playing. Baker Mayfield was not playing well. He's been put into a great position with Stefanski calling plays, and he's doing his part to keep that going. Um, but Odell Beckham Jr., in my mind, should have never been questioned if he was an elite receiver or still as good as he was. Um, I reserve that type of judgment for guys that have literally felt fallen off. And – when we saw spurts in times where OBJ was possibly feeling good, particularly for a game or two, we still saw the saw what the the talent level was and the ability. Gee, he was a thousand yard receiver last year. Mm-hmm. I, and 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 the, so the whole question about am I surprised about? No, he has a confident offensive coordinator now that's figuring out ways to get him the ball, other than. Baker Mayfield, counting on Baker Mayfield to get him the ball every time he touches the rock. It, it's just, it's competent. And we know the speed is there. We know the hands are there. He's talked about it being calm and being more reserved. We haven't heard much coming out of Cleveland in the way of talking about what they're going to do. And he's playing great. But, G, I got to go back, okay? Mm-hmm. And listen, listen. They're going to they gonna tell you I'm hating. The Browns lost 38-6 to the Ravens. They beat the Bengals. They beat the Washington football team. And they beat the Cowboys. I'm not ready to say they for real, G. But that's just me. Because we got now, now we got to start understanding again, just like I talked about with Green Bay. Odell Beckham Jr. can ball against anybody. But now I want to see if Stefanski can go against the Colts, who is the number one defense in the league, and still have that creativity. Or will it result to Baker Mayfield having to go back to dropping back and trying to throw the ball around the yard, which I don't think he is going to thrive in. You know who they play the next week? Colts. The Pittsburgh Steelers. And then Pittsburgh, right. All right. So, so, so the texts are coming. I'm excited and ecstatic about what OBJ has been doing. I'm ecstatic about what Stefanski is doing. I'm ecstatic about what Baker is doing and responding to a new offensive situation he's been put in. He's not asked to carry this team or win games outright. He's asked to play his part and let the talent around him have a lot of success. Offensive line is playing tremendous, running the football down people's throat. 
Virginia. They ain't played nobody either. They haven't played in it. The, the one game they played somebody in week one, I give everybody a sort of a break. They lost 38 to six. So let's pump the brakes until we see OBJ go for 100 and have all of his success against the Colts and against the Steelers, and then we'll revisit and have another conversation of if I think OBJ is going to have a, a killer season like he's on track to have right now, or is he just going to have like one of those subtle 900,000-yard um, seasons? Because now you get into the nuts and bolts. You got two back-to-back weeks where you got to prove it. That's just like, let's, let's for example, G, I love talking to you about this type of stuff because you know how I look at football. We've mm-hmm. been together now long enough for you to know that I'm not judging you until you play good on good, period, okay? We look at the Cowboys. As abysmal as they've been defensively, all right, they, got, they play the Giants. Now the Cardinals might put up 50 points against them, and then they play Washington football team. They play the Eagles. The Cowboys might go 3-1 and one in the next four weeks. Mm-hmm. Are they going to somehow become a new, different team because they beat the Eagles, Washington, and the Giants? To me, hell no. What you going to do when you play the Steelers? What you going to do when you play the Ravens? What you going to do when you play the 49ers if they have a, a majority of their guys healthy come later on in the season? You got prove-it games. Gee, I'm not giving all of this credit and getting all fuzzy and feeling all good about certain teams and it, because they beat up people that suck, <laughs> period. So I, I just I'm, – I'm, I'm going to reserve what I think about them until they play somebody. Now, if OBJ go crazy against the Colts, which the Colts ain't been giving nothing up and Stefanski is still in this playbook, in his bag – he got Baker Mayfield rolling, and they running the ball, and they doing all of the things that they've been doing successfully against these JV teams, then I'm going to show them love. But until then, you got to play somebody for the swagoo to give you that juice. Absolutely the best. And I'm just looking at it here. You're right. The next four weeks, the Cowboys get the Giants, the Cardinals, Washington, and Philadelphia. They, they could easily, easily be 4-0 in those games. They could wind up in first place in the division, and all of this will, uh, all this noise will start being quieted. Marcus and Mina and Laura and Dan and company for Eastern today and every day on ESPN for NFL Live. Thank you, Swagoo. Absolutely, brother. You're I'll the best. You Marcus Spears with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. It's a very interesting way he has of looking at that. And, and, and to use the previous example that he was using in Cleveland, they do step up in class now. They get the Colts, who are not great, but they're good defensively. I don't think the Colts are a great team because I just don't think they can score with the good teams. But they are good on defense, and and then they get Pittsburgh. And if they're going to if they're going to make the kind of noise I think they want to make, they're going to have to prove they can do it against the Pittsburghs and the Baltimores of the world. Now, a reminder about podcasts. I want to mention that not only is this show a podcast every single day. Hashtag Greening. You get it anywhere that you usually get your podcasts. But also, I have a weekly podcast called I'm Interested, and today is Tuesday. Tuesdays are the days that these were released, so the new one is available right now. And I have two interviews on there. The first one is with Susan Waldman, who is the iconic voice of New York Yankees baseball and the only woman doing play-by-play for a Major League Baseball team in America. And she has been 
Um, it, she has been an omnipresent figure in sports broadcasting for as long as I can remember and one of the most interesting people that I've talked to in a very long time. And then because people enjoyed the conversation I had here on the radio with Vince Scully last week so much, we put that on as well. It seemed to fit because it was mostly a baseball conversation. So if you check it out, you can get it anywhere you normally get your podcast. It's called I'm Interested. And this week, my guests are Susan Waldman, and you will hear the one, the only, the legendary Vince Scully. All right, as we continue, a lot more. There's stuff I wanted to get to that I haven't yet. I will explain. If it seems to you like everything in the NFL is a little bit different and a little bit better this year, you're not crazy. You're right. Now I'll explain why next. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny with you, and it's time for today's fascinating stat, which is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I've been promising all, all day that I would get to this, and I finally have a moment. This is a story that was just sent to me, written by ESPN's Kevin Seifert, and he writes this. The NFL's offensive surge in 2020 has pushed into historic territory. The league has averaged a combined 51.3 points per game. That's the highest through four weeks in a season since the merger, which is 1970. So basically 50 years, they've never averaged this many points combined in games. And there are a variety of reasons, and high-level quarterback play and all the rest of it is one of them. But the most significant, it says, and I think this has been noticeable, has been a dramatic drop in penalty flags, the result of an explicit effort by the league to call only clear and obvious fouls. Retired referee Walt Anderson told NFL.com last month he does not want officials, quote, all of a sudden to start calling the ticky-tack stuff, acknowledging that it's what the NFL likes and what the audience likes. I say, bravo. Bravo, I say. The league had become a festival of flags. There were games last year and, and in recent years where it just felt like there was a penalty on every play. The little yellow notif- notification that goes up on the screen – after every, re- after every meaningful play in a game, the first place your eye goes is to see if there's a flag. It still feels like sometimes they're just, they come in bunches. But by and large, you're not imagining it. There have been far fewer penalties. And that means fewer holdings. NFL drives get stalled because most teams have bad quarterbacks 
and they can't overcome a negative play. So almost every team in the NFL, almost every quarterback in the NFL, if he stays on schedule, if he has second and four, third and two, they're going to pick up first downs, they're going to move the ball, they're going to score points. The minute they get to something and 20, even second and 10, they're done. Most of these quarterbacks are done, or at least half of them are done. Just watch the teams, watch them play. They might as well just punt then, at least get the element of surprise. So if there are fewer offensive penalties, it's fewer negative plays, it's fewer situations where they get behind the chains, and it is more opportunity for mediocre offensive teams to still score points in games. You watch Tom Brady play, it's incredible. There was a situation in the game on Sunday where they get a holding penalty, it's first and 20, and my first thought is, it doesn't even phase him. Like, he doesn't even think about it. And they pick it up like that. The great quarterbacks, they don't really care. And the really good teams right now all have great quarterbacks. That's probably not a coincidence. But if you look at the three big teams in the NFC, they got the three first ballot Hall of Famers, Brady, Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Maybe New Orleans will get back into that mix. And if so, Drew Brees fits perfectly in that picture. The AFC is where the young guns are. Mahomes, Lamar, Josh Allen. If you want to put him in the, them in that category, the only one that doesn't really fit is Ben with the Steelers, who I think are every bit that good. But quarterback plays in a good place. Penalties are down. Flags are down as a general rule. That's why there's more scoring in the NFL, and that's why the games have been truly more fun to watch. NBA Finals continue tonight. Don't miss Game 4. Lakers heat coverage starts 8 o'clock Eastern right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And, of course, the game is on uh, ABC TV. I haven't done much on the, on the NBA Finals today. Obviously, we'll spend a lot of time on it tomorrow. I do not expect the heat to win whether Bam Adebayo plays or not. I thought Sunday night was, I, I, I can't call it predictable because I didn't predict it. I thought for sure that based on the absence of Adebayo that the Lakers would win. But it is not surprising to see a team with its back against the wall and a great star like Jimmy Butler come out and play the games of their lives. He played the game of his life. 40-point triple-double in the finals, only the third ever. Not surprising to see that team come out and play the game of their life with their season on the line, and the Lakers to let down a little. I expect the reverse to happen tonight, whether Bam plays or not. I expect the Lakers to win. I expect the coronation to begin, and then it ends in either five or six, depending on how it goes. Again, you'll see it on ABC tonight. You'll hear it right here on ESPN Radio, and then we will talk much more about it tomorrow. I'm Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. So another point I want to make today is this. Bill O'Brien got fired yesterday, but what happened in Houston was not Bill O'Brien's fault. Bill O'Brien was in a position that he should never have been in in the first place. Who was it that looked at that situation and said, I know what we'll do. Let's give Bill O'Brien total control of the organization. He's a good football coach. Let's let him make all the decisions here. That's how you wind up in the situation they're in. With the highest cash payroll in the National Football League, no first or second round pick this coming year. And 0-4 with DeAndre Hopkins starring in Arizona. I don't blame Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien was put in a situation he absolutely could not manage, and he failed, and he gets fired. When the reality is, whoever decided to put him in that situation is actually the one who got it wrong. 
who looked at him and said, oh, here's a good idea. The best we can do for our multi-billion dollar football operation is give Bill O'Brien total control of everything. Because he's what? Bill Belichick? Nick Saban? Who got that impression? This is what I mean. Jerry Krause once famously said, players don't win championships, organizations do. I know I come back to this quote all the time, but it's an important point because it's true. Players come and go. Teams that have success have great players. Of that, there's never any question. But there have been plenty of great players who've never won anything. And it is because their organizations are bad. It's because of organizational incompetence. Great players can overcome some of it. But at the end of the day, you look at what's happening in Kansas City. You look at what's happened in special situations. Teams that are good for a long time, like the Patriots, like the Bulls, when they were that, when they had Michael and they had Phil and they had Jerry Krause, who as much as people like to give him a hard time, was great at his job. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Perfect storm. Great talent. Great organization, great coaching. Everybody knows what they're doing. Works perfectly. And then look at the teams that are bad all the time. It's not because it's every single coach's fault. At some point, it's you. Look at the teams that are always bad. You cannot fault the person who has the job that he or she should never have gotten in the first place. When someone cannot do the job that they are being paid to do, that is the fault of the person who made that decision. So look at the teams that are always terrible. You think that the Washington football team, which has only been known as the Washington football team for a few weeks now, is there one thread of commonality that runs through the last two decades? Was it every single coach they hired didn't know what they were doing? Every quarterback they tried couldn't play? No, no, there's an organizational problem. Look at the New York Jets for the last 10 years. None of these coaches could coach. None of these players could play. This quarterback was a mistake. Sam Darnold, everyone thought he was going to be great. Does he look great right now? It's an organizational incompetence. When the people running the operation have no idea what they're doing, you're bad. They just keep putting people in these jobs. It's like a running on a hamster wheel. It never ends. If you have real confidence in what you're doing, if you have real conviction, if you have a real reason for making the decisions that you make, you stand by them. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers do. They've had three head coaches since 1969. This is true in all sports. Remember before Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers, what they were? Donald, what was his name again? Sterling, Donald Sterling. I was about to, I don't know why the name jumped out of my head. Donald Sterling. Long before the disgraceful comments that he'd made about Magic Johnson, he was just a terrible sports owner. Terrible. They were terrible forever because he didn't have any idea what he was doing. Look at these teams. They're always bad. Look at the Knicks. The Knicks aren't going to be good anytime in the foreseeable future. A total organizational incompetence. So that's what it's about. So Bill O'Brien did a pretty good job coaching that team. Won the division four of the last five years. Here's the exhaustive list of NFL coaches who won their division for the last five years. Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Bill O'Brien. That's it. You fire him four games into a season. Why? Because he traded DeAndre Hopkins? Because he... Traded for and then spent a trillion dollars on Laramie Tunsil? Who let him do that? Who in the world put that guy in that position to do that? That's who's at fault. That's who ruined the Texans. That's who Deshaun Watson should really be mad at. So players 
Even coaches aren't the ones who ultimately make these decisions and these determinations. Organizations win and lose. Look at the good ones, and it's easy to find the bad ones. All right, my phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN, and it is time for a regular staple here with me greeting. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. I want to hear your grievances. It is time for you to air your grievances. If you're a football fan, you are most likely aggrieved. Lord knows I am. I'd like to hear your grievances. 888-SAY-ESPN. Give me a call. Phones are open next. We will hear from you right after this. I am Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. The airing of grievances is today's edition of What's on Your Mind, which is brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Again, the airing of grievances. As you are a football fan, then you are by definition aggrieved. Because we all are, all the time, even when our teams are good. In my case right now, I can, I can barely function. But I'd like to hear from you. It's your chance to air your grievances with me, Greeny, on ESPN Radio. And Robert, you are up first. Robert, go ahead, air your grievance. Greeny, uh, this is Robert. Yeah, I'm a Browns fan, lifelong and longtime season ticket holder. And frankly, I'm very uncomfortable with success on the field, and I don't know how to act. <laughs> okay, that's a good look. In the scheme of grievances, that's a delightful one, particularly for a franchise that hasn't won a division since the team. Since the last time the Browns won the division, the team moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens, and the division lost a team and became the AFC North instead of the AFC Central. That's how long it's been since the Browns have won the division. Now, I don't know that they're going to win the division. And if you were listening earlier, you heard Marcus Spears questioning just how real this is based on who they've beaten. They've beaten Cincinnati, they've beaten Washington, and now they put up a bunch of points on a Dallas defense that is just embarrassingly bad. I will tell you what, I think it's real. We'll get a chance to find it out for sure. They play Pittsburgh. But I think it's real. I think the Browns are good. I don't know that they're great, but I think they're good. The injury to Chubb is obviously a terrible one. But if they get Odell more involved and keep running the ball with Kareem Hunt, I think they have a chance to be good. Greeny with you. Ben, you're up next. Ben, air your grievance. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, 
my grievance is against uh, Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow we hired Patricia, the defensive guru from New, from New England. Our defense got worse. Um, we can't stop the run. We can't stop the pass. Traded Darius Slay, drafted Okuda. I almost just feel like the Detroit Lions are a hamster running all around oh, the wheel, and it's just really frustrating because our fan base is loyal and we love our team, but the organization gives us nothing to cheer about. You're 100% right, and look – Matt Patricia was hired to take that team from point B to point C. So for him to have the audacity to make it seem like, well, look, I got here and the cupboard was bare, and so I've got a lot of work to do to try and turn this thing around when you've lost 12 of your last 13 games, taking over for a coach who had a winning record. In his four years in Detroit, Jim Caldwell had a better winning percentage than John Harbaugh or Sean Payton. So Matt Patricia didn't get hired for a rebuilding project. He's just turned it into one. So I totally agree with you. There are a lot of problems in Detroit, and the, the coach is the first one. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Next up is Sheldon. Sheldon, air your grievance. As soon as the Pats and Chiefs game was over, I knew what the storyline would be, and I turned on the radio. Marcus Spears is throwing out what ifs. They didn't win by enough. It just is aggravating. They won the game. Even if Cam Newton was playing, Patrick Mahomes would have had three more touchdowns because he would have played a little bit harder. No, no, no. So, Sheldon, here's the thing. You won the Super Bowl. You have the best quarterback ever. You should be in a very good mood, Sheldon. I would hate to hear how you would be if you were rooting for my team because things are going really well. And if the worst thing anyone can say of your team is accurately pointing out that your offense has not looked as dynamic as expected in three of your four games this season, and yet you've won them all anyway... That's cause for being in a good mood. That's not a good grievance. I love you, Sheldon. I appreciate the call. And look, your grievance is your grievance, not for me to tell you what you should or shouldn't think. But I'll say this. Kansas City is going to – they're not going to be anything. They're the best team in the NFL. They have the best uh, quarterback. They have one of the best coaches. They have an unstoppable array of offensive talent. Everything is fine. But it is worth pointing out that two of the last three weeks, the offense did not look very crisp playing against – New England yesterday without their quarterback and playing against a rookie and Justin Herbert a couple of weeks ago took you to overtime when he found out 15 minutes before kickoff he was playing in the game. The one game they looked unstoppable was against Baltimore when Baltimore decided for reasons known only to them to blitz Patrick Mahomes 21 times. You do that at your own peril. So Sheldon, cheer up. Everything is going to be fine. One more. Um, I have time for one more and it's Mar. Mar, go ahead. Air your grievance. Hey, Greeny, thank you for your time. Um, I just want to talk about my Eagles, man. They've been dropping by flies. And it seems like ever since we won the Super Bowl, we haven't had a complete, solid team or starting roster for forever. So it's like, man, Greeny, there's something good to say about my team. Anything? Yeah. No, they're all hurt. What can I say? Here's what's good about your team. The division stinks. What's good about your team is that based upon a tie – that only I seem to understand was the right thing to do, you're in first place. Celebrate. Celebrate, Mar. <laughs> Your team is slightly below mediocre, but the division is incredibly bad, and so you're sitting in first place. Here's one more reminder that you need the best coverage, not just in football, but your wireless network, too. Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same networks as big carriers for up to half the cost. 45 bucks a month for 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Extraordinary day of sports today. Plenty of baseball for you all day long. NBA Finals, Game 4 tomorrow night. Can the Lakers all but put it in the barn? We'll be back and better than ever tomorrow to talk about it. See you then. Greeny 
on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.